where she could see the scale. And she looks at the scale and she's surprised. She didn't say a word to me, but she was surprised. I could see her face, right? And then she comes up to me and whispers, honey, do you know how much you weigh? And I said, no, obviously I don't. Um, and she goes, you weigh 799 pounds. And Nick, I'll tell you, that's at 16 years old. Lend me your ears. This nation Welcome back to the Elemental Health Podcast. Um, just a very quick intro before we get started with this incredible story. Um, we have got on today Justin Willoughby, the man who has lost, I believe it's 600 pounds. So he was close to 800 pounds, um, which is incredible. Um, and his journey is just such a fascinating story that I know you're going to be thrilled with this one. Uh, if you're a regular listener or you're popping back for, for a second time, then please, please, please um, give us a review on your on your um, podcast app um, or if you're watching on youtube just um, give us a thumbs up and subscribe all that good stuff um, we're going to dive straight in with justin uh, the audio to start off with is a bit scratchy but it gets better very very quickly bear with us <laughs> stuff i'm always working on and uh, please let me know how you found this podcast justin willoughby welcome to the elemental health podcast um, it's a real honor to have you on the show uh, the audience has heard a tiny little intro about you, but um, yeah, we, we, we're going to dive straight in and see how we get on. So where to start? I want to hear a little bit about your story and where you, where you come from. So we, you know, I know you've, you've lost a huge amount of weight, but I, I just want to hear it from you, kind of like the, 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 your story really and, and how you kind of summarize it. Sure, sure. That's... Uh... I mean, I've, I've said my story and told my story many, many times, and um, it, it never gets old to me because it's just something, it's my life, right? And it's my story, so it impacts so many people. But, you know, just to start out as a young man, I mean, I'm talking like you're talking 14 years old, 13 years old. I remember at that part of my life, I was a big dude. I just was. I mean, I probably went about 400 pounds at that age, which was a lot of weight for anybody to carry around, let alone a young man. And then um, what really started my progress of getting to 799 pounds would be when one night I woke up with an anxiety and panic attack. I didn't realize what it was at the time, though. My heart was racing. I was having a difficult time breathing. So I woke my dad up and I said, Dad, Dad, I'm having a heart attack. Help. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out, right? And so my dad's like, all right, well, we didn't call an emergency. Uh, assistance at that point but we went to the emergency room and they sent me home that after that check-in with them and then the next day it happened again I started getting that same feeling so they took me to the hospital again and this time they admitted me they said I had an anxiety and panic attack disorder uh, which that was what pretty much led to the progress of of gaining such a significant amount of weight because they put me on some medications, which, you know, they, they do, they help periodically, but they're not the answer, right? They're just a, a quick fix, if you will, or trying to get you to ease out a little bit, not be so anxious. But I went to a different type of drug to assist me with uh, the anxiety and panic attacks. And that was uh, my, my food. I love food. And so when I felt anxious or when I felt nervous or depressed or whatever type of emotion went on through my head, I'd go right to the fridge, refrigerator or the cupboards because those my those were my friends, man. They were there, right? They they supported me. They were there. They made me feel good about myself and all that. So I uh, started eating a lot of food to comfort myself during that time. And on top of that, as I was gorging myself on different foods, I didn't move much because I didn't like having that panic attack feeling. I didn't like having that anxiety feeling. I didn't like the symptoms. So Anytime my heart would race or anytime I had difficulty breathing, it, it really kind of threw me for a, an anxiety attack and threw me into a panic attack. So I sat most of the time because as a big dude already, as soon as you stand up, your heart starts racing, you know, to just as, as you're even moving, your heart will start beating a little bit harder, right? Um, which is normal, but abnormal to me at that moment because I have the anxiety and panic issue. Here goes my heart again. So I sat quite a lot. And um, as I was doing that, I was eating. And what happens is you balloon up because you're not burning many calories just sitting there, right? 
So I ended up ballooning up a ton of weight, had to go to the doctors. Um, after I, I haven't seen my doctor in a while, my parents took me to the doctor and he saw me for the first time in probably about two years. And he looked at me and he was like, I mean, his eyes just said it all, like bugged out of his head, right? And, and he was just, whoa, and very surprised. And so the next day, there in the next couple of days, they sent me to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is about four hours to where I am, or I was at that point. And so it was by ambulance. And I remember that ride was just horrific. It was painful. It was embarrassing. I mean, they had a fire team come out to my house to get me into the ambulance to take me to Pittsburgh. It was, it was like something you would see on television, you know? Um, and it's like, I can't believe this is happening to me. It's just, this is wild. Like, it's, I'm trying to process this whole thing as it's happening. Meanwhile, I'm trying to have an anxiety attack, right? And meanwhile, I'm thinking, what's happening here? Why am I leaving my house? Well, how did I get like this? So I end up traveling to Pittsburgh by ambulance. And then they put me on this hospital bed, which has a scale on it. My mom was sitting at the end of the bed, at the bottom of the bed, where she could see the scale. and. She looks at the scale and she's surprised. She didn't say a word to me, but she was surprised. I could see her face, right? And then she comes up to me and whispers, honey, do you know how much you weigh? And I said, no, obviously I don't. Um, and she goes, you weigh 799 pounds. And Nick, I'll tell you, that's at 16 years old, man. That, that's, that's huge uh, for anybody, let alone a teenager at that point in my life. And I didn't know what to think at that point. Like, what's happening to me? Where am I at? How did I get here? I just want to be outside playing football with my friends. I just want to go play video games. I just want to whatever, you know, I want to be a normal kid. And here I am stuck in a hospital, overweight, can't move, feels like I'm in a prison, just wasn't okay. Hmm. Well, there's a point where faith became a reality in my life. And I didn't like myself. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I you know, as a kid, you're still trying to find yourself. You have an adult, you're still trying to find yourself. But as a, as a teenager, especially, I'm trying to be like, and I don't know where, what direction to turn, right? But, and I didn't, but I didn't like my, who I was. I didn't like myself. I didn't like what I became. And so I developed a faith, which really set me free from myself. And that's my faith in Jesus that transformed my life into something amazing. I mean, perfect. I wish I could say yes, but uh, absolutely a better outlook of knowing that I'm valued and knowing that my life matters. And what happened from that moment of believing that it set me free from being a slave to this, to how I felt previously. I do matter. I do have a purpose and I should take care of my body. That's the, that's the conclusion. That's the result of my belief system. And so I started operating out of that. And once I started operating out of that, it changed my life. Now, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world. I still struggled with food addiction at times. I still struggle with anxiety periodically. But I'll tell you, the outlook was totally different and it changed me. And I started having purpose in mind. I'm, I'm eating for a purpose now, not because I'm a sloth and just sitting here and a glutton, but I'm eating because it's good for my body to fuel up. And I'm moving around because it's good for my body to move around. You know, it's just a different outlook on life. So that's, and, and so as time went on, 200 pounds down the first year, 200 pounds down again the second year. So that's 400 pounds in two years. And then within the next five-ish years, drop another 200 pounds. So 600 pounds total in about a seven, eight, nine-year period. It gets kind of fuzzy to me because it all just blends together. But um, it was over a period of time and it wasn't easy, which I'm sure we're going to get into here, but that, that's my story in a nutshell. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, you tell it so well. I'm, I'm, I'm gripped. Um, so many questions popping into my head. Um, it's so funny that you talk about, uh, kind of changing your beliefs, not, not your, obviously you, you found faith and that was an important, a kind of uh, apex of your journey. Um, but then challenging your beliefs and, and undoing those beliefs and rebuilding them. And I think a lot of people kind of jump on with like, what are the tools and tactics? Just give me what you know, Nick. Um, when I, when I chat to people about fitness and the first step is always raise your awareness, challenge your beliefs, because that's what got you to where you are at the moment before you can then progress forward. And 
that you so that for me that just jumped out and you touched on that and then from there you were able to build new habits can you can you speak to that a little bit absolutely yeah building the so undoing the junk i i we call it stinking thinking right the, the thinking that just isn't healthy in our minds um the things that we have done or do that just really don't help us at all and actually set us on a trajectory to a different to a different way that we want to go so we had to undo that you know it took a lot of mental i believe just just a sidetrack just a second i believe mental transformation is a significant part of physical transformation so if you don't transform this guy in here you're not going to transform this guy out here because they go hand in hand together and i also argue that spiritual life goes hand in hand in hand with all that as well but for the sake of the the topic we'll stay on mental right now so you have to undo the bad thoughts. You have to undo what you once knew because it's not working the way you're doing it, right? So I had to do all that. I had to, re I had to realize, you know what? Eating a significant amount of calories every day without moving is probably going to kill me. So I'm either going to start and, and continue doing that or start to do something different. And I chose to do something different because I knew what I was doing, the journey I was taking previously was not giving me the results I was looking for. It's insanity in some sense. We keep thinking, we do the same thing over and over, we're going to get different results. And that's not true at all. That's, that's, that's going to throw you to the, the loony bin, man. That's going to put you to somewhere you don't want to be. So I had to start thinking, what am I doing? And it took time. This wasn't like an overnight thing. Just, to, just mm -hmm. I want every listener to hear that. This was, this was months to years of developing this. So I want to give everybody that encouragement to say, it's not abnormal to struggle, mm -hmm. especially if you have this thought process that you've been doing for so long and it become a normal routine to you. It's going to take a little bit to undo. So I had to start undoing that and I kicking and screaming along the way. I had people telling me, man, you got to do this. And here I am. I, I can't do that yet. I'm not ready to give that up yet. You know, and, and, but at the end of the day, you have to realize there's a greater good when you choose to change certain things, right? So even if it meant sitting down, so instead of sitting down watching TV, you stand up and watch TV or you move around while watching TV. Those little changes like that make a big difference. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't always stand up when I was watching TV, okay? I mean, there's times where I just sit there like a, like a sloth sitting there, like, this is a great show. I'm going to binge this and eat some popcorn while I'm at it. But you do have to be mindful. Like I'm going to use a stepper. Like I have this little stepper guy, aerobic stepper, where you, you step down, up, down, up, down. And I would do that as I watched a half hour episode of something, just something that to get you moving or maybe not eat while I'm watching something or on my computer or um, don't, you know, you kind of get lost. And sometimes when you, what you're doing and you start eating mindlessly, you got to kind of watch that. I'm not going to yeah. like that anymore. Uh, I started changing the foods around because I went by what I thought was amazingly tasted, tasty. And I noticed that that amazingly tasty stuff to my mouth, to my palate was donuts and cake and pastries and all this stuff that wasn't good. So I had to start changing that up as well, you know, and, and realize what I'm eating is either bringing me life or death. So I had to start choosing foods that gave me life because I want to live. I don't want to die. If I wanted to die, I would have kept doing what I was doing. So I can find money where my mouth is and say, dude, you have to start eating a little healthier if you decide if you really want to live because what you're doing is just making it worse. So it's changes like that, and it has to become it had to come natural in here because if it didn't, I wouldn't have done it. So, but it took some time. Yeah, I didn't give everything up overnight. I'll be honest no. with you, but I did make cool. little changes slowly but surely, and here I am today, six hundred pounds lighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you were sixteen. That that sounds so young to me, and I'm sure the audience as well. What so? And, and, and this, I really want, so this is really interested in your view on this, because I think from a clinical perspective, we sometimes talk about this obese or morbidly obese population as a kind of different from everyone else and, and the challenges that everyone has when it comes to health uh, and some of these things that we're talking about. Um, so, but, but from my perspective, it isn't like that. And I'm really interested in your view. So in terms of going to that way, like, wh where was your kind of self-worth at? Because, you know, did, did that have to, did you have to rebuild your self-worth in order to know that you were worth it? And, and that's kind of, I guess, what you were talking about with your faith. But, but what, what, what led you to that journey? And I know it's probably hard to, 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 
to think through. It's, it's interesting because I, people were like, wow, when I say this, but I never realized that I was getting so big. I didn't, I, I knew clothes were getting a little tighter. I knew that I had a harder time moving, but I, I promise you, I didn't realize that I was starting to get a significant amount of weight. I mean, I was used to being, remember, 300, 400 pounds. So really, I, I thought, okay, I may have put on 20, 30, 40 pounds. I don't feel any different. And so when people started saying, my mom and dad, especially, like trying to tell me, you are gaining weight, man. You need to go on a, when you start doing something different, my mom would try all these sorts of diets with me just to try to get me. We see a nutritionist or a dietitian, and, and she would, find all these fad diets that maybe this Atkins diet will help you. Maybe this yogurt diet will help you. Maybe these, these diet pills will help you, you know, and, mm. and they do for a certain extent, but it's not a lifestyle choice and not lifestyle method that you can, you can do yeah. long-term, especially if you live in a normal life with a family. But so I didn't realize how large I was getting. And once I figured that out, once the doctor said, you're this much, or my mom said, you're this much weight. And the doctors were pretty much saying, if you don't do something, you're going to die. That came to, uh, uh, that, that made me think differently. Now, I will tell you, as I was that large, um, even at the 300, 400 pound mark, kids are brutal. Teenagers are brutal. And school classmates are brutal. And they will say things and do things that will take your self-esteem and make it drop to zero where it was at a 100. And I remember kids saying things like fatty and lardo and, and you waddle and they would make fun of me walking up the steps, you know? Um, but I was kind of used to that over time. And I, I yeah, it kind of got me down here and there, but it became the normal thing for me. So really there was nothing anybody could say that made me realize I was in a, in a far worse state than I ever was. So, but to answer your question on, on taking those thoughts or feeling a certain way in a negative sense, uh, I did not feel much value and worth throughout that. I can look back and say that I could see myself being sad, um, periodically depressed, even though nobody wants to admit that when they're feeling depressed. Um, I was more anxious. I was kind of down because I couldn't ride bikes with my friends and uh, I couldn't play tag or, or, or sports with them. I even tried to join a school football team one time and they said I was too large. Uh, so I guess looking back at that, I did kind of feel sad about those things and depressed, but it became a norm for me, you know, which, which is unique because the people get stuck in that, right? They get stuck like, this is how I feel. This must be how it is. And here I just have to deal with it. And, and truth is, that's where I was. But that's when life started changing for me and I started my faith, you know, in Jesus and knowing what he says about me took me to a new level. Like, I don't have to stay there. That's a choice now. Like, I don't, I don't have, I, I'm given a handout saying, here you go, take my hand. I'm going to rescue you from this. And I, and here's what I say about you because this is what I, this is what I made you. I, I made you better than this. I want to rescue you from this. And I don't have to be the fat guy. I don't have to be Lardo. I don't have to be Waddles. I don't have to be made fun of walking up the steps. If they do choose to make fun of me, I don't care anymore, right? Because I'm doing my thing. And so I started changing my mindset. I had to cut, and it wasn't easy. It's not like overnight. And I still, I will tell you, I still struggle periodically with body image. And I'm sure we'll take a mental note there because I do want to talk about that a little bit sometime because it is a reality. But to answer your question, it was a process to undo what people said and to make it a new normal uh, as an outlook in my life. And not sit there and believe I'm walled, I'm waddles. I'm gonna break the bed by sitting on it. Um, I had to just to accept myself because I'm getting better. I'm a person with value and worth, and I'm gonna live like that. Mm. Oh well, well, yeah, that's tough, man. That sounds so hard to to to, to manage and deal with at that at that time in your life as well. When, uh, yeah, when when you're constantly being challenged physically, hormonally, kind of with your environment, and like you say, the other children that are just. Because yeah, there's no nowhere to hide. I guess it's when you're 16. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate that that kind of that aspect of the story and diving into that because that's it's just a tough tough reality, right? Um, it's so interesting. I think that that you, you can kind of continue to progress with your weight loss and 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 lose that level of awareness. And I I, I wondered now 
One second. One second. I'm hearing myself in the background here. Like I'm hearing a recording of who I, of what I was just sharing. Hold on a second here. Can we pause it? I yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. Just keep talking. We'll just see if, see if anything can change. Let me put my lights on. It might be me. Can you still? Okay, I'm sorry, Nick. That was, uh, something was up in the background over my podcast that I was doing and it automatically started playing. So I'm sorry to oh. give you more work there. I apologize. Well, that's cool. Don't worry. Um, yeah, that's fine. I'll always go through in the edit anyway. Um, is it good now? Yes, I'm making sure I got everything off. I thought I did. Okay, let me just make sure i out of everything here. That was so weird. It never had to happen before. Interesting. Okay, we are solid. So with, with that in mind then, what's... What what had to change? So you you had this apex, and I'm I'm just really want to kind of pause, kind of at this this inflection point where you were kind of in the ambulance, taken to hospital, and this like real realization that you had to make massive change, um, and then you went through a, a long process of rebuilding and and rebuilding who you were, um, and that started with shifting your beliefs and then your habits and then underpinned with 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 a faith. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's easy to look at you now and think that that was like the hero's journey and the progression was really rapid and quick. And you, and you, and you've mentioned it wasn't, but, but kind of like the ups and downs, how, how did you navigate kind of firstly what to do and then when things didn't go well? So the process itself was a, was a live and learn situation. Um, I do remember, I mean, I, I started studying myself on, on healthy nutrition, healthy ways to move, like all that stuff was really important to me. So I would start out by just, I started reading magazine after magazine, article after article and newspaper after newspaper, website after website, just to kind of get some information on how to be healthy. I was given uh, a physical therapist and a occupational therapist to assist me with my recovery. And they would come to my house a couple times a week. And it was great because I, some, I believe that, that God supernaturally ordains things and we can see things like that. And so he gave me people that were inspiring, people with like-minded beliefs. And so I remember um, just talking to these ladies and they would help me through things. So they would educate me. Um, what I needed to know, you know, here's, here's some healthy food ideas. You don't have to sit here and eat donuts and, and, uh, fried foods and processed foods anymore, Justin, there's better, better foods out there for you, which you actually might like. And so they would even make and bake stuff for me just to see there's other alternatives out there. Right. So I started educating myself and hearing from other people and really taking that in here, because I don't know, you and I are in a fitness business and, and we see one thing after another of new fads coming up and, and what people think, this is the answer. No, this is the answer. No, this is the answer. No, this is the answer. And, and it just gets like overwhelming. I'm like, what, where are we at? Like, what are we doing? You know? Um, and then people jump in on that and they think this has to be the way, okay, this wasn't working. So we got to try this one and it, people get lost. So I was just trying to identify what was the best way for me at that point in my life. And I started eating healthier. I, I started getting rid of the junk food, the processed foods. I wasn't perfect at it, but, you know, I would say my diet was probably 80% better than it ever was before. I remember my parents having a hard time sticking to a new type of uh, eating plan, you know, a new type of dietary plan. And I would be eating one way and they would be eating a different way. And I remember crying in front of them because I missed having some of that food and they didn't realize how much it actually was, how difficult it was for me. And I'll hurt it. I hurt like I'm literally watching them eat ice cream in front of me, which they didn't think anything of it. They're like, all right, he's got this, you know, they were, they were very supportive, but they just didn't have their habits under control yet. So I remember talking to them and like, if I have to do this, you, and in my teenager way, you gotta do this, you're doing it too, darn it. You know, and, and 
So they ended up fixing their approach too, which they ended up losing some weight as well. They weren't, you know, the biggest people in the world, but they had some weight to lose. And uh, we all started eating healthy together, which made it 10 times easier when the whole house is doing it that way. And on top of that, as time went on, it got old to keep eating healthy. It got old to not have treats. And so I had to adapt. I had to figure out there has to be a better way than just eating cardboard and drinking water. Because that's all it felt like to be for a little bit. And then I started looking at new recipes and I started looking into new methods or not new methods, but new types of, of eating patterns that I could find that I could uh, apply to myself, you know, or you can actually flavor meat very well. You could actually eat certain types of carbohydrates and, and, and spruce it up a little bit to have it taste amazing and on and on. And, and so I developed that over time. And this went with me gaining weight back in certain seasons of my life, like maybe 20, 30, 40 pounds, and then losing that again to get back on track. Uh, so this process was, was truly a journey that took me left, right, left, right, forward, backward. I mean, it was, it was just a journey. And I, I share all this because I don't want to sound like everything was so easy because it wasn't. And if anybody tells you today, that it's very, very easy. You can believe them to maybe 75%, but we all know it takes sacrifice. We all know that if we're out with our friends or family and we're at a restaurant and they're having appetizers, we're sitting there drooling too, even if it's not healthy. And we might have one or two pieces of that, right? Or we might even order one ourselves if we're going to be honest. And when it comes to alcohol, you know, I, I, like, I like a casual drink here and there. And beforehand, I wouldn't touch it because we know alcohol isn't always best metabolically, but I like a drink periodically. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to have one periodically. And I forgive myself. We allow ourselves treats. But so I want to say that because I'm still a human. I enjoy myself once in a while. And uh, I just, but I developed myself over time and I stuck to it because I knew the mission in mind. I knew what it was. I had to lose this weight or I was going to die. And that was a continual thought in my mind. And then also, having a new faith perspective, my life matters. I'm going to eat like it does. My life matters. I'm going to move like it does. Yeah. Do, do you have any children, Justin? I have a stepson. He's 14. Very active. Because, um, yeah, so, so you, you touched on a point there that I'm, I'm kind of always, is one of the pillars of, of, of my coaching practice, and that's um, generational health. So, kind of role modeling the behaviors that you believe in and, and not obviously having, being a healthy individual, but role modeling it for the next generation, I think. And, that, and that's your point of kind of like, you know, this is not only is this going to kill me, but the people around me are going to suffer. Um, I think, so this, yeah, I just want to track kind of like, I'm sort of structured, but, but so sticking with kind of like the, uh, the process that you went through. Now you talked about ups and downs and, and what, what, what your framework of thinking was. Um, can you talk to any of the details around, firstly, maybe some examples of things that you did that were medicinal, that they weren't, they were, they weren't, they were there for, for a short, shorter period and didn't stick. And then some of the sustainable habits that have just run as themes through that, the period of your life. Sorry, before we do that. So how long have you been kind of the weight you are now? I'm in my maintenance phase right now. And that, that sometimes puts me 10 pounds up, 10 pounds down. All depends on the season, really, and how active I am. But um, I'm, I'm at, I've been around 215, 225. I kind of stick between there. Uh, and a lot of that is excess skin, which goes into the body image thing, which I could talk about later. But I've been this way probably for about a year now or two years, just kind of hitting that. Before, I was so focused on losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. Now I'm more about building strength, toning up, and, and being healthy, to be honest with you. So, so how, how, how long do you prime the process from that 16 years old, that inflection point, to, to, to kind of getting healthy? How long was that process? You said eight years. Around eight years uh, to figure things out. That was... But I don't, I don't want to pinpoint that as the answer phase. That was me. That was Justin seeking out truth, seeking out what works best for him, getting it right and getting it wrong and not being afraid to fail. 
And through that process, I mean, we started, I'll, I'll kind of break it down just for a moment. I started with, uh, it was given to me by my doctor and the physicians that were working with the team that was working with me during my weight loss. Uh, when I was peaking at 799, they come in the hospital room and they give me this diet, right? They give me this approach to, to eating. And tell you what, I call it cardboard and water, man, because it was just literally fat free, very low fat vegetables and very lean proteins. And I'll tell you, it does work because you're cutting so many calories, right? You're, you're, but it's not the healthiest way to do things because it doesn't taste good. You can't sustain it. And I didn't like it. I would have just, I lasted that long, maybe for, maybe for about eight months to a year, I got I was able to successfully follow 99% of the time a fat-free diet or a low-fat diet. And I remember going to stores and getting ice cream that was fat-free ice cream. And it just tasted like boxed milk. I don't know if you ever remember what boxed milk tastes like. But <laughs> it's you mix it with water or whatever. It's just, it just was terrible, man. And But I didn't know any better. I wanted to lose weight and I was good. But And then I went into the craze of... of uh, diet pills, you know, um, trying like different ones that would assist with metabolism and make you uh, energized and all that. And I'll ask for a little bit of time, not long, because I don't like the effects of those. And then I went into nothing but cardio, 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 where I would sit there or not sit. You don't really sit during cardio for the most part. Um, but I did about two hours a day of just straight cardiovascular exercise. But that also took a toll on my body. That was like six to seven days a week. And I remember my heart started giving me some, some arrhythmia issues. And I had to stop that. So because it was every day, I was just hammering that pavement. I was doing uh, hard cardio sessions for up to two hours a day. My shirts were drenched every single day. I felt great afterwards. But after a while, my body was like, you're, you're doing way too much. You know, you're, you're definitely stressing yourself way too much here. And I tried that for a season. And then I tried uh, intermittent fasting, which I still believe in some way. Um, I tried doing that, but in an unhealthy manner. And then I tried the one meal. I mean, I can go on and on. I, I was just, I'm not going to bore you guys with every little detail I've done, but I will say I, I tried so many things within the, within the eight years that I uh, thought about writing a book at one point called The Skinny Guinea Pig and just, just to write a book about what type of diets are out there and, and these methods mm -hmm. and, and let you know my results from them because it's just, it's, it's insane how many times you can do things. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and and uh, yeah, I can, I can see why you would try all those things just to try and find that extra edge to give you, give you the more results. So what, what, what stuck? Like, what are you an advocate of now for someone, not you now, because you, you, you've been through that process. Um, what, what stuck with you is like, kind of, this is what I would overlay as a framework for someone else who was in a position like you were in. Yeah, this is, that's a really great question. Cause I'm, I'm an advocate for this now. It's, it's, I'm all about whole foods. That's just plain and simple. I'm all about eating whole foods and that includes, but not limited to, right. It's, it includes, uh, proteins. Like you're talking chicken, beef. I do it all. I'll even do bacon. I try to do a healthier version of that stuff, though, uh, like grass-fed if I can or free-range if I can or no nitrates added, things like that. And then, of course, I love to have oatmeal periodically. I, I, like, I love sweet potatoes when we do get them. I'm not a big white potato guy, but like I'm saying, like I do, you know, the root vegetables. I'll do the, I'll do vegetables. I'll do fruits. I'll do and consume dairy. I eat. Uh, bread periodically. I'm not a big fan of bread, so that's why I don't really eat it much, but you can include that in a normal, healthy uh, dietary approach. So I just, I'm all around and it's whole foods and I try to avoid the processed junk. And you can't avoid it 100%, but you can say it only gets 1% of my lifestyle. That's it. I'm not going to sit here and consume a bag of potato chips anymore. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, for, and consume a cake anymore. And if I do, it's just going to be a small sliver or it's going to be just a couple bites of it. So I, I'm all about eating whole foods. I'm all about uh, timing my nutrition at times. So if I'm going to eat a heavy carbohydrate meal, I'm going to make sure my exercise session was before that. Um, 
I'm going to enjoy my proteins at every meal just because it helps me stay satisfied. It helps me maintain my maintenance phase and get stronger and build muscle and tone off. I mean, helps me not overeat later. I mean, I can go on and on, but I just enjoy food now. I have a, I have a, a tongue for food. You, you fix that relationship, which is what I'm hearing, which is great. So do you, do you select on, is satiation a big, a big part of your selection and your, your structure? Yes. Yes, it is. And, and I'll tell you, um, I like eggs are a big part of my, my lifestyle. I, I enjoy three, sometimes four eggs almost every day, whole eggs, free range chickens, uh, you eat what they eat. So I always try to be mindful of what kind of chicken eggs I'm, I'm consuming. So I, and I'm all about that. I put a little bit of cheese on that and man, I'm good in vegetables. I'm good. Like that, that will get me through. And maybe on the side, I'll have maybe a homemade granola bar, which comes from, it has honey in it. It has coconut oil in it. It has some nuts and it has some, it's just, it's really good. And it, it gives me my carbohydrate fix uh, that I'm looking for. And so it's good. It's quick, quick sugar to my, my muscles which helps mm-hmm. me recover. So yeah, I, I eat satiation is very important to me. So I don't overconsume later. And I'll tell you another thing, if I'm going to go out to eat, sometimes I will make sure I consume something before I go, just because sometimes your eyes get bigger than your stomach, you know? And mm-hmm. so I'll be, all right, I'm going to have a small protein or a little bit of a protein shake or something before I go out to eat, because if not, my eyes would say, I want this, 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 this. And I know my pocketbook can't afford that. And my stomach shouldn't be able to afford that either. Sneaky, sneaky. Um, so that, that moves me, you segued it there perfectly. So what diagnostic, what are you measuring? What are you tracking? Uh, I'm sorry. What, what do you measure? Do you measure and track anything? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Um, I don't necessarily count any macros. I don't really count my calories per se, but that's not to say I never did. And that's not to say it's important, not important because I'm at a different place in my life where I recognize that I know what certain foods are and what they have in them. So I don't really have to count anymore knowing that, all right, I know eggs have about seven to eight grams of protein for a large egg. Okay. I know it has this much uh, fat in it. Okay. I know it has, you know, so it's easy for me just to kind of look at those and say, I know how much is in here. And I try to get, I mean, if I would technical, I guess I do try to track my protein and carbohydrate intake, uh, in some method way, shape or form. I mean, I'll, I try to get mostly protein at every meal. I try to get my carbohydrates to be probably a 100 grams and under, uh, not that I really count that hundred percent, but just because I feel good that way. I just feel good. And I know it's giving me some results. I know I'm, I'm seeing some muscle growth. I'm seeing uh, energy that I need. I'm seeing uh, satiation, like we were talking about. I mean, I just know, and my blood sugar is stable. So I just know I, I'm at a sweet spot. And if I tighten things up a little bit more right now, I'm sure I could probably go to another level, but I'm pretty much in a maintenance phase where I'm happy about that right now. So that's yeah, where I'm at. You look great, man. You look fantastic. And do, do you track uh, blood, gl- blood glucose? I don't track it, uh, but I was really interested in attempting that at one point. I go by, by how I feel, I guess. You know, you can kind of know when your blood sugar is crashing, right? Um, and there's times where I don't eat. Maybe there's a meal I didn't eat right or two meals in a row I didn't eat right. And I will feel that. I mean, I'll start getting a little shaky or I'll start feeling extra tired. And I know what happened in that moment. So I would recommend, though, that's something that I think is important. If you can track and if you can see what foods will trigger an insulin response, uh, you should do that. I really do feel like people should check that out because everybody's different in one way or another. I mean, some people are more sensitive to certain things. Hmm. I, th- I think I think it can be useful. If you, but then, like, I think you've you've had a really sensible approach where you're not got too caught up into the into the data and the analytics. I think you can go too far down that rabbit hole. Um, it's interesting what you said a little a little bit a little while ago around kind of stripping out fats from, from the diet that they put you on and, and, and the struggle there. Like, so I've, I've, um, completely different story, but I, I sort of experimented with an extremely low fat diet for like, I think I did it for four days and it was so hard. Like I felt absolutely terrible. Like 
stripping out whole food groups. It's, it's, it's just the least sustainable approach really is, I think. Yeah, it really cool. is. Cool. I, I even tried, I even tried going vegan one time and just for a little bit. And I don't, I don't want to knock any, any type of way of eating. If it works for somebody, I would say so. I don't have to agree with things hundred percent. That's okay. But I try certain things. And I'm like, I cannot, I, I can't do vegan. I can try being a vegetarian, but I, I can't go the, the vegan route. It's really difficult for me. Yeah, it's hard to comment, isn't it? Because there's always this, there's such a such a, a pushback in this day and age um, from different uh, sort of dogmatic approaches. Um, I guess it's my podcast, so I can say what I like. But um, but yeah, I think what, my understanding of the, the research around vegan foods as as a vegan diet, sorry, is, is the struggle to get a complete set of amino acids and also the struggle to get enough protein but staying underneath a, a calorie threshold. So if you don't care about calories yes. and you don't mind adding weight, then potentially you can eat a lot and, and, and meet the targets to, you know, have the energy and, and do the things that you want to do in life. But if, if that's not the case, like most people, then you, it becomes a real challenge. <laughs> I know a guy that, um, a coach I've worked with and, right. and been mentored by, and he doesn't, he doesn't take on vegetarians because of that reason. That's the reason he doesn't take on vegetarians. Um, but yeah, it's, it, mm. yeah. And, and I think given the journey you've been on kind of, uh, you, you've got to do what you, what works, right. You've got to, you've got to really adopt the best practices for what works to get you the goal and not get pulled apart by any dogmatic view. And, and that's, again, obviously there may be in periods when you, you gravitated to these things, cause that's how we worked. I've been there many times myself with different aspects of health and fitness, but, but now it's like, it, it's, it's. It's really being in detail to, to what you're going to do as it, and what your approach is going to be and owning that. Um, so a couple of things that popped up as we've talked about which, that I want to touch on. So um, I don't know, like, the, to get too much into the science of it, because that's not what the audience is about necessarily. But so, but I'm, I'm going to quiz you kind of on this kind of like set point theory, like the, 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 the theory being that, just let me explain. So the theory being, I'm sure you're aware, but... Um, as you uh, add calories or subtract calories, your metabolism is very good. The body's very efficient. So very quickly, you get to a normal baseline level and therefore your gains or losses uh, start to reduce. So you, you, you hit plateaus, whether you're trying to kind of add muscle or you're trying to lose fat um, because your body's very good at staying, how it, you know, staying in that equilibrium. And once you pushed it up, um, it's hard to come down. So any any kind of comments around how you tackled that and how you, you broke through those plateaus? Yeah, it is. sometimes your body is just so, it's surprising how it responds sometimes. I, I went through phases of plateaus. I mean, I'm telling you, there were times where I, after dropping 30 pounds, nothing moves for two, three weeks. And sometimes you go back up maybe three or four pounds, which we know a lot of times can be water weight. You don't just gain fat like that. We all, there's a, it takes a lot to gain a pound of fat. Let's be honest. So your body could be hormones, could be water retention, all sorts of uh, interesting bodily functions happen in these gifts that we're living in. So I remember going through a variety of plateaus in my life and I try I, and at points in my life, I've tried everything, right? So you, you read on cheat meals, got to have a cheat meal, definitely got to do a cheat meal. And so that a cheat meal would consist of a whole pizza with five donuts and a, a cup of, of soda and, and some ice cream after that. And you're feeling like you just gorge yourself to death, which was miserable. I'll be honest with you. Um, and, but there were times where Two days later, you drop five pounds. Three days later, you drop five pounds. And it's like, well, how on earth did this happen? No, I don't believe there. I think there's, there is such thing as you can, I don't really call it cheat anyway. I like calling it treats periodically, I like calling it off moments or off hours, off, the, off days, whatever you want to call it. But let's not fool ourselves thinking we're cheating because we don't want to do that. Cheating just doesn't really give you, I, I, they'll leave a bad taste in my mouth. I don't like that. But when I say I'm going to give myself some treats, that's helpful. So yeah, I, I have tried a variety of ways to break plateaus. I even tried fasting for a couple of days straight, which wasn't 
for the right reasons. I don't, I, I do believe there's health, health benefits of fasting, which we don't need to get into science of that right now, but I do believe that there are some, some benefits to that. Uh, I do think that if you just, what really helped me with, I find that the takeaway answer of all the things that I've tried, I would say the best thing I could have done to break plateaus was to simply add a little more protein to my diet periodically, maybe add a little more carbohydrate periodically, and then change up the workout. Those were the three things I could take away and, or maybe try some more water. I think that's another thing too, more liquids, more, more water to help flush water retention and to get your metabolism up to optimal level. But so I would say those four things were real big answer takeaways over the years that I've done this. And uh, if you want to see better results, you're going to do something different in a gym, right? You're going to do something outside the gym that's different. You can't do the same things because what you're doing is giving you the same results. So something has to change. And once that thing changes, it could mean going for an additional walk tomorrow or today. I'm going to go for another 20 minutes today, or I'm going to go do some different types of weights today, or I'm going to do some different body strength exercises today just because my body's used to doing what it's always doing and it needs challenged again. It's already adapted to this method of exercise. It's already adapted to this food that I'm eating all the time, right? So we change things up. And I find that was the answer to breaking the plateau for me. Perfect. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. And I think that that kind of resonates as well with, with everything that I know and all the guys I've worked with. Um, so it's kind of switching gears slightly then. Um, well, I often, often, sometimes I meet guys who kind of, the mindset is I'm just not into fitness. And, and I sometimes struggle with that because I've, you know, I've had a very active life and, and, you know, I've coached guys that have played, foot, played football, for example, and then gone away from it, put some weight on They're later on in their lives. And now it's, it's kind of that time to transition, but somewhere in there is kind of a psychology of, you know, I've, I did that. I, I you know, I've, I kind of, I, I get it. But I think there is there is a cohort of people out there that that just not into fitness and and the background of that. And I think sometimes the industry itself can can be a can be a real friction to to entry to do that, whether it be going to the gym and being very self conscious about that environment, or kind of even you know looking uh, looking online for information and seeing people that you you, you don't can't relate to. So uh, any, any kind of tactics that you use to, to overcome those challenges and, and what's your view on that? Yes, I, I get people, you know, as I coach and inspire and motivate, um, I get people who they'll never step foot in a gym, right? They'll never, they'll, they'll have the mindset of, oh, you know, I, I, I did this when I was younger. I met a guy one time, he said, I'm already conditioned. I was in high school and I was on the football team and I, I already did enough of that. Well, he was 40 at the time. And it's like, dude, you've been out of school for a little bit now. You're still, you're not still conditioned. Let's, let's be honest. So the, the, the mind for some of these individuals, their mindset is, is very unique. And it's, it's just ignorance, really. And I think some of that, not just ignorance, but also being overwhelmed and also a little bit of laziness. I would say it's, it's kind of a mixed bag because... I would just share with people, you don't really have to go to a gym. You don't. And so if you have, if you have the mindset of, I feel like I'm going to be judged when I go to the gym, because let's, let's, let's be honest, dudes, we, we, we compare ourselves to other dudes sometimes. Okay. We will go into the gym. We see this dude, he's benching like 300 pounds and, and, and we don't know the whole story, how he got there. Number one, but we see that and we're like, well, we got to do that too. So if you're a normal guy, you're going to go, oh, I got this, I got this. And, and you go to the bench and you're going to just try lifting that. And that's not going to budge. That is not going to budge. And, and so we compare ourselves and we, say, we think, well, they're, I, I can't get to that place. I'm not there. They're better than me. And, and maybe we get down on ourselves. Or we think we have to be like peak optimal level in order for us to get to a gym. And that's not true at all. But I always encourage people, you know, there are people, they're, they're few, far in between people at the gym who are there to judge you. I don't believe that's what people are at the gym for. I mean, if it is, they don't belong there. And why do we let it bother us so much? That's what I had to get through my head because I had those thoughts before. I wouldn't touch the weight room for a while because those guys are watching me. Okay, maybe they're watching to see how I do, whatever. Everybody's curious, right? But they're not going to watch me and say, oh, oh, mm, I'm judging him. 
Oh, look at those shorts today. Oh, look, look at that. You know, they're not doing that. We have to understand that. And so we have to get to a place in our minds that we have to let it stop defeating us. Because if we listen to every little thing in our head, we're going to go around like never doing anything because we always can think of every reason, every excuse in the world to not do something. So I would just tell people, number one is, this is the harsh truth. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. You have to do this. This is something very, very important. But if you cannot go to a gym, if you cannot go to a workout room, then you can do some things at home that require very little finances, that requires really just very little tools. You get a set of dumbbells, get some resistance bands, get some uh, kettlebells if you can, and use that. And you can do a world of workouts in your own house and use your stairs Use some platforms, use a table, use push-ups, use a floor, use the wall. There's so many, oh many objects in your own home that you can just start with. And then once you start getting confident in that, maybe then you'll feel more confident getting into a gym to see that there's a whole world at your disposal right there in a wellness center, right? Um, but yeah, it, it's all a matter of mindset. And I always try to encourage people, look at this. This is something you're doing for your health. It's not just about losing weight or getting stronger, man, this is something for longevity. This is something for preventing premature disease. This is just overall something good for you to do. And for a usually a small fee a month, you can go to a gym and you can have a lot of things at, at your fingertips that you couldn't afford to buy on your own. Let's be honest. So, I mean, I, I, I guess just motivating people, telling them truth, in a loving way. I mean, I walk up somebody and say, dude, get over yourself or else I'm going to get pun. <laughs> but if I say, there's a little bit of a fried issue here and look it, we're not here to judge you. So let's go together. Let's, let's see what we can do here. And I've seen people transform that way, you know? But I, I think, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying. And I think it can be really hard. It can be really hard. And, and I'm, I'm the same, always encouraging guys who say, well, you know, do, want to go to, do you do you want to confront that challenge around feeling confident in the gym is there too much friction from a psychological environmental is it too far away are you too busy let's let's look at those barriers and let's take them one by one and yes you've body weight you can do a phenomenal amount you know, it's a little bit of a kit um you know one kettlebell whatever it might be you can you can really make an impact so you don't you just have to do things differently um what the the the, the frame and i I think it is all is the one I'm always referring to after spending some time thinking through this stuff is like, it's not reasonable that you have the skills to do these things. But I think as guys, we kind of think we should be able to, it's like, we think we should know how to fix a car when we've, we've never done it. Like, or, you know, fix something around the house and I'm useless at that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But in my brain somewhere, it's like, well, I'm a man. I should be able to do these things, you know, go out, make fire, come together, whatever it might be. Um, but I'm, I'm always reinforcing the point that you're making as well, which is it's unreasonable to expect that you've got that skill to strength train or even to nutrition with the nutrition, like you, you haven't built the muscle of knowing what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, um, and how to measure that and, and monitor that and be aware of those things. Like it's unreasonable to, to place those expectations on yourself. You just need to build the skill. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, so we, we, we're kind of getting up to our, to our stop, uh, now, and I want to be respectful of your time on this one, Justin, although you did, you did promise you that you'd come back on and maybe there's a, there's a Q and a format that we can do down the road. Um, I'm, I'm curious though. I, I know you, you've gone through this incredible process and your story is phenomenal, which is why I guess you've had so much light and, and you've been on all the, all the big shows. So I'm, I'm feel privileged that you've graced my little podcast, <laughs> but, um, What's, what, what, what does your life look like now? Cause you know, you, you've transformed this into a, a passion and a career and trying to support people. So what, where are you going with that? Well, I, I think, you know, that one of the best things you could do in life is to assist others by, with your passion. And, and so our experience sometimes creates a passion within us. And so I've experienced what it was like to be morbidly obese. I've experienced the act of trying to lose that weight over a period of years and years and years. 
I've experienced all sorts of activity to try to get certain results. And so over that time, you start developing a new mindset and one that becomes passionate, one that says, this worked for me. I want to assist other people with the same thing. And so now what I do is I use my passion to assist others. And so I coach, I do, I write books, I do motivational speaking, though COVID kind of put a damper on that for a little bit. And we're trying to get back into that swing. There's a lot of things I'm working on programs. I am actually developing my own podcast as we go. So it's, there's a lot of, a lot of avenues you can take fitness and health and, and take your passion. You know, you don't always have to make it on a TV show or be on television to, to have a voice. And that's where I'm at. I'm at helping people and I'm an advocate for health and fitness. I'm an advocate for transforming people's lives spiritually, mentally, physically. And I believe they all work together. And, you know, I, I also, my, my niche is a little different and it's the morbidly obese, even though I help out anybody. But I have a, a big heart for those who don't know where to get started because they're so large that they don't know how to even, what do I do from here? And that's, that's my, my major passion for those individuals because I was there and I remember what it felt like to be in that prison. Then what it felt like people looked at my legs when I was walking or, or saw or watched me waddle or, you know, it's just, it's really disheartening to, to know that we take those things sometimes very personally, which makes us unmotivated to, to do anything about it because we're so down and we get depressed. So that's my heart now. I, I do anything I can. I mean, I don't, I don't have limits in the sense like I, if, it, if it's social media or I'm talking, I will. If it's a phone call, I'll do it. If it's Zoom, I'll do it. If it's, if it's through a book or a podcast, I'll do it. But it's just being an advocate for transformation. Amazing. Amazing to hear. And, and it's, it's worthy work. And I don't think there's anyone more qualified to, to, to kind of send that message to the people that really need to hear it. Um, we're, we're always seeking the, the relatability of someone's message, aren't we? Especially in this day and age where kind of information is everywhere and everyone's got a voice and everyone's saying, the same or all different things. And it, it's so hard to, to understand where, where your path needs to be and, 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 and how to get help. Um, and, and I think, so re reflecting through to, to kind of the clinical practice that I've experienced, um, and this notion of this kind of like, uh, I'd be interested to get your point actually. So this, that the doctor patient relationship, which is a very broken model of healthcare that we've got now, very, very broken model. We kind of know that because the numbers are going completely the wrong direction, um, which is kind of, in my mind, it's giving away the ownership over your own health, a very scary thing to do when you think it's through, but so many people do it and you're going to the expert to seek an answer. Fundamentally, very, very broken. Um, this, isn't, this isn't your car where you could probably outsource that expertise. You need to own this and it, at an individual level and, you know, your whole message is around that. And that's why I wanted you on the show. And, that, and that's oozes through your, your, your voice and everything that you've said today. Um, but yes, yeah, so, and, and that's where I think the advocate is so powerful in, in this journey and, and in, and in these people's journeys that, that need your support. So, you know, the more I can do to support you, the, the, the better really, because I, I really believe in what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve. How do people get in touch with you? You know, where can they follow you? Yeah, um, they can actually, I mean, social media is probably the best way to keep up with anybody, I would say, because we live our lives sometimes um, on there, right? In a sense of they get information from us that nobody else really could get in in the sense. So I would say the best way would be Instagram. My tag is Insta with Justin. Um, they can also find me on Facebook. It's facebook.com, obviously, backslash Justin Willoughby. Or they can email me at onestepnation at gmail.com. Those are the three avenues I would say that are best to reach me. I'm very active on socials, very active with email. So if anybody has any questions or just anything, really, just how to get started, please reach out. I'm, I'm always available to give information. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put those in the show notes as well, Justin, so people can find those links. Um, you know, for sure, we try and get you on for a round two, but I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, this, your story is incredible. And I'm yeah. so glad that I could bring it to my platform and you jumped on with me. Thank you. Absolutely, Nick. And 
I think, you know, when people have a desire to change lives, I think things just work out beautifully. So this is an awesome podcast and it's just great to have uh, an opportunity to be on it with you. You're welcome, man. You're welcome.